Howdy friends, I am Link and I am obsessed with all things fitness, nutrition, and helping people become the most badass versions of themselves. I'm a former Division II athlete with a passion for making sure your fitness journey isn't a chore, but instead one of the best parts of your day. This podcast will be full of education and motivation so you can kick ass in the gym, kitchen, and your life. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Link Fitness Show. This week, I am having a fun little chat with my girl, Nick. Nicole is the co-owner and coach with Good Life Training. She is a high vibe and kick-ass coach, and we are sharing our stories of overcoming self-sabotage. So let's dive on in. Thank you so much for joining us today. Can you take a hot second and introduce yourself? Tell us more about you, your background, and what got you started. Yeah, I am Nicole Byron. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I got into being a coach um, through hiring my first coach on my own. I was in college and I was like just very unhappy with who I was, my body. I had really bad habits. So I hired a coach and kind of fell in love with the process of working on myself. I found a whole bunch of confidence and really fell in love with exercising. So I actually changed my major in school to exercise science to um, become a coach. And I've kind of gone down that path since school. I was in collegiate strength and conditioning for a while. I worked in person at a gym for a while. And then I decided to move to online training so that I could just help as many women as I possibly could. So that's kind of how I got into coaching. Um, I specialize in mainly, um, mainly women, mainly women who feel like they've tried everything, mid-sized women who feel like they need to lose weight. And I'm like, girl, we're going to use your body to our advantage. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I got into it, who I work with. And yeah. I have, I have two questions for you. One of them is completely irrelevant. Okay. The other one, I guess could matter. What was your original major? Um, athletic training. So I always knew I wanted to close. work with athletes, but then Yeah. So it was close, but then once I got into the athletic training and I was like taping ankles and like running out onto the field with the water bottles, I was like, it's not what I want to do at all. I'm so glad you said that because that's what I originally had wanted to do was like, oh, athletic training. Like I had been through so many injuries and I was like, oh, you know, that'll be, that'll be a really good career. Like I can help make an impact on athletes as they heal. And then again, I was like, do I really want to tape a football player's ankle? For the rest of my life. No, no. not and no. not just one football player, like an entire team of football <laughs> players. Like <laughs> I will be happy if I never tape an ankle ever again. Seriously. And like I had to do it for um, like one of my minors was like a coaching minor and we had like a first aid course. So we had to like tape everybody and like get everybody ready to go of like an emergency situation on the field. And I was like, yeah, this was not the move that I wanted to do. So this is, this was a good choice in the end. Um, and my second question, which again, totally irrelevant question. Do you watch football? And if you do, are you a Steelers fan? I love football. And of course I'm a Steelers fan. You can't be from Pittsburgh and not be a Steelers fan. I know that's why I wanted to ask. I was like, Ooh, I'm an Eagles fan. And I'm a, I'm one of the typical diehard Eagles. Like I'm diehard a Eagles. through and through. Are you from Philly? Uh, right outside of it. Oh, Philly's going through it right now. They just lost 95 and yeah. 
Like it, it literally really. just collapsed. Like it blew up or collapsed or some shit. I don't know. It was know. crazy. And then like, uh, yeah, I watch all Philly sports. So that was like, as soon as you said Pittsburgh, I was like, and I know we talked about that before. And I was like, mm, yeah, she's a Steelers fan. Lost the Super Bowl, lost <laughs> Interstate 95. Yeah. We're just, Sixers didn't perform the way we wanted them to. It's just not, no. it's not our year. Not our year. No, not it. Um, yeah, I'm a Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh sports fan <laughs> all the way. Um, all right. So let's dive into the juicy stuff. So I know that we have experienced very similar situations with like the all or, mon- all or nothing mentality coming in and literally sabotaging ourselves from moving that needle forward. Right. So whether it's, you know, my fitness or my nutrition or just things didn't go how I wanted, like maybe I had plan A and plan B didn't even fall into line and I had to really be flexible. I would literally shut down and just be like, you know, fuck it. Like, I spent so much time retraining my brain to stop doing that. And it was really, I think personally coming from like a very perfectionist, like holding the standard way too high kind of mindset. And it definitely stems from athletes, you know, like we spend our whole lives, lives trying to get to that next level, like perform at that, but literally be the best. So when you come out of that and you're trying to cut back on the perfectionism it's really hard and you don't realize until you get to the point where you're full-blown self-sabotaging yourself um and I know you can relate to the self-sabotage and the fuck it mentality so what are some things that you did to overcome your self-sabotage um I think a lot of my self-sabotage came from the same place of perfectionism that yours came from because I would get into this mindset where I'm like well I already screwed up might as well just throw in the towel now but I think a lot of the smaller habits that I've instilled have really brought me out of that place of like fuck it I already ruined my progress so honestly just having the small habits in place can be a huge game changer um surrounding myself with like positive people supportive people who can also help hold me accountable and give me some encouragement when I'm feeling like things aren't going how I might have planned them to go um those two have been like the biggest key factors for me getting into good habits surrounding myself with the right people yeah and I love them and I think the second one specifically like I didn't even really think about that one but habits is definitely like I'm very big on habits um Mm -hmm. but the second one specifically is like you don't realize how much the people around you impact you until you're in that moment. And you're like, damn, like until you have someone that helps you break that cycle. And then you're like, holy shit, like, where has this been my whole life? Right. And like, Mm -hmm. I always give my husband props on this of like, if I don't think I can do something, he's like, you're full of shit. You absolutely can. Like he believes in me more than I believe in myself most days, which is obviously the best kind of, that's what you want in a relationship, obviously. Um, But it's the best kind of support right? So having those people in your life of like, you could run through a brick wall if you believed in yourself. Like that's how that mentality needs to be. And like, if you're around someone, I think you had a a good example here of like, if you're around someone who is going to encourage you to keep moving forward and not stress yourself out and have that self-sabotage moment, instead of being around someone who's like, oh, fuck it, just start over Monday. Like we all know that someone in our life where you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to better your habits and they're like oh fuck it don't worry about it like let loose a little bit have fun this weekend and it's like okay well you're not helping I know you think you're helping but you're not helping but you're not yeah I get that a lot from um my gym partner so my old gym partner if I I, like didn't go to the gym on a Monday or Tuesday maybe I was like really busy with work or whatever things were going on um 
I'd be like, oh, I don't feel like going to the gym today. And they're like, I won't go with, I won't go either. That's fine. Mm. But now my new gym partner, if I don't go on Monday or Tuesday, or if she doesn't go on a Monday or a Tuesday, I'm like, we really, we really got to go to the gym. She's like, yeah, we really need to go to the gym. We didn't go on Monday. And we're like holding each other to this higher standard and like keeping each other accountable. So that's been like really huge for both of us in the gym and sticking to our habits and stuff is having that other person to bounce off of. Yeah. And it brings out that like fun competitive side too, right? Like you have that someone of like, you know, they're pushing you, but it's in the best way possible. Like they're never going to judge you if you don't go on that Monday. If you just like listen at eight in the cards today, they're like, okay, no problem. But we're going tomorrow. Like there's no yeah. if, ands or buts about it. We're going tomorrow and I got your back. Um, right. and I think those are like the best kind of people. Cause I've also had gym partners that are similar where they're like, eh, you're not going today. Okay, cool. I'm not going today either. Like, yeah, we need to go. <laughs> Yeah. You need someone to help hold you accountable for sure. Cause we can't always hold ourselves accountable as much as we try to, and would love to, like sometimes the motivation's just not there. Sometimes the habits just slip through the cracks. You need to have that person to help hold you to that standard that you've set and hold, hold yourself to those non-negotiables. Yeah. And I think another part of it too, for me personally, now let me know if you can relate to this, but I'm very like type A So I'm very like, I like structure. I want things to be on a schedule. Like that's just how my brain operates. It needs to be organized. I color code shit. Like I'm a psycho about that stuff. So like for me, it was always, oh, I'll start on Monday. I'll start on Monday. I'll start on Monday. Or it needs to be like this specific, the first of the month on a Monday is like the best thing in the world, which I think was January 1st this year. It was like a Sunday or Monday this year. Yeah. So that's like oddly satisfying for my brain. But like breaking out of that cycle of like, okay, it's 2.30 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon. Like I can start right now. I don't need to wait any longer. Let me just take messy action and do it. Yeah, I am like complete opposite. I'm very type B where like you should see my desk right now. Like it is just like piles here and piles there. But I have also gotten into the same mindset where I'm like, it doesn't matter what day it is. I've fallen off track. If it's a random Tuesday or Wednesday, like I'm getting back on it. But a habit that I have found works really well for me, I cannot go more than two or three days in a row without being in my routine or else it is like nearly impossible for me to get back on it. So if I'm out of town on like a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I know on Tuesday I need to get back into my routine or else it's going to be so hard. So like just shortening that window that I'm off of it, I need to keep it going, you know? Absolutely. And even having like smaller habits that support you you know, through that of like, okay, maybe I'm away for three, four days, but those three, four days I'm drinking my water. I'm prioritizing protein. I'm getting my vegetables in, like doing the little things. Like, um, I'm very big of like, if I'm not going to work out, like I want to go for a walk or I want to just even there's some days where it's like, it's doom and gloom outside. You don't want to go outside. You don't want to do anything, but lay on the couch. It's like, okay, let me just stand up while I'm doing something like something where I would usually sit down for, let me just stand. Because then that might encourage me to move around a little bit more. Or, you know, maybe I notice that, oh, you know, I could I could vacuum my floors quick. Like, let me do that instead of just like vegging out on the couch and then being like, yeah, I ain't moving. I am sinking my ass into this couch and I'm I'm done. I'm toast. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely I I would agree. It's the small things that like really get me going and get me back into it. Because like today it's disgusting outside and I don't want to go to the gym, but I got myself up, I got myself dressed, and I know that like 
just getting up and moving, standing up is going to give me some energy, give me a feeling that I can be productive and get things done and not just veg out on the couch. Exactly. Exactly. And I know like another thing that has been really helpful is to just kind of like take that step back and almost challenge my thought patterns. Right. So like using this as a perfect example of like, you know, I'm feeling like I don't want to get back into habit or if I don't want to do something today, like, why am I thinking this way? Why am I feeling this way? Like, is there something else coming up? And I'm using this as my comfort spot or like a distraction to escape other issues at hand. Like, um, a couple weeks ago, I, now I'm like about seven, actually seven months yesterday into my postpartum journey. And Mm -hmm. that itself has been very different because I felt like I lost all touch of my body during pregnancy. Like it was so weird. Um, So one thing that I had to like challenge myself on was like wearing a crop top to the gym and like, why am I constantly hiding in oversized shirts? And like, why am I so uncomfortable about this? Um, And I really just wanted to like challenge myself of like, how many times are you realistically going to body check yourself? Like how often are you going to be like tugging at your shirt or feeling weird? And I actually recorded like a video of me doing it just to call myself out of like, this is how I'm feeling and like recognizing when those um, thought patterns kind of creep in on us. Have you experienced any of these? And if so, like, how did you go about challenging that narrative or that belief? Yeah, um, I definitely have plenty of times, you know, that like inner, inner voice that's like telling us um, that like we shouldn't do something or it's just like the doubt that creeps in. Um, I usually notice it the most with my nutrition because I'm a very emotional eater. Um, Like if I'm feeling sad or if I'm stressed out, I have always always turned to food for comfort and especially in the evenings if I'm like sitting in my feelings and I feel the urge to like go to the kitchen and raid my cabinets or raid my raid my fridge I always have to like reframe my thoughts and I'm like I'm not hungry like I am just using this as some form of comfort to how I'm feeling so then I have to like implement the different habits that I have started like journaling or breath work or something to like get myself out of that thought pattern and kind of bring it back, bring it back to the center, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I know for me, for a while, I was like really a boredom eater. Like Mm -hmm. the minute I got bored, I was like, well, let me just go see what's in the kitchen. It's the same shit that's been in the pantries for three days. Like I haven't gone to the grocery store. Why do I have to keep checking to see what's in the pantry? What's in the fridge? Like, why am I doing this? And it was solely out of boredom. And I noticed I had done it for like years And I actually had, um, like, I think it was either like my mom or my dad, like called me on it was like, you're not hungry. You're just bored. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, you're right. You're You're right. You're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. I have no comeback for that. You got me. Um, and it continued with me into adulthood. And I was like, why, why am I even hungry? So like, there were times where I had to kind of use like a filter system with my brain of like, okay, what is this thought coming in around this food? Like, am I actually hungry or am I bored? And really like give myself the chance to process that and feel like, am I hungry? Am I bored? Let me wait five more minutes. Let me do something. And it came off bad. Like at one point, like I was kind of wondering, like, am I feeling hungry, but distracting myself because I don't want to be bored? Um, because obviously as fitness and nutrition coaches, we're hyper aware of like disordered eating patterns. So first yeah. I was like, shit, like what is happening here? And then I'm like, no, sis, like you're bored as hell. And you're just trying you're to bored. like give yourself something to do by eating. Like that's yeah. not helping me at all. And 
like you're just sitting on the couch watching Netflix and you need something to do with your hands so you like go into this endless pit of the popcorn bag and you're going going you're like oh my gosh how did I get here and it's because no you're just bored and distracting yourself with something that feeling of like when you reach in the bag and there's no literally nothing but like crumbs in the corner of the bag we all know (laughs) yes we all know that feeling yeah you hit the bottom you're like holy shit how'd I get here yeah Oh my God. It's, it's so funny to see like how it comes up in different areas of our, our own lives. And I know we've shared a lot about our personal stuff here, but like, are there any ways that you see it in, whether it be your clients' lives or like people, you know, personally, like I said, like my parents called me out because they recognized it in me. Is there anything that you see in like the people around you where this is coming up? Um, I think that the like board eating is definitely huge for a lot of my clients, but also when they're going out to eat and they like immediately just go for what they're used to getting. That's a big one. I'm like, why don't you try something new? Switch it up a little bit. Um, I also see it with my clients with their just like everyday daily movement. Maybe if they're not somebody that goes for a walk very often, or they're the type of person that sits for work. And I'm like, you need to start like doing small things to implement these new habits and break away from the old patterns that you have. I think those are probably the two biggest ones is nutrition and just movement, honestly. Yeah. And I like how you said that too, of not just like, you need to stop this habit, cold turkey. And like, that's that, like, no, let's replace it with something different. Let's replace it with something (laughs) that supports you a little bit more. Cause I know that's something like I had to do with the board eating was like, let me find almost like a replacement of this habit of like, if I'm bored, why don't I get up and go for a walk or clean something for five minutes or like, just do something that makes me feel, I like to feel productive. That's just uh, Mm -hmm. a at me. Like I like to feel accomplished. Um, so like for me, that was one big thing of like, if I noticed myself self noticed myself self-sabotaging, that's a mouthful. Um, then I had to like <laughs> really slow down and be like, okay, what can I do here? Like, let me do something that feels productive and then go about mm-hmm. it. Like if I'm still thinking I'm hungry after that, then fuck yeah, let me go eat something. But right. You know? Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see how self-sabotage comes up in, in our lives. And I know another one too, that I recognized, um, really a couple months ago, I think it was something that I noticed even as a teenager or like early twenties, like super early twenties. Um, and then it kind of, I wouldn't say healed, but kind of pushed down a little bit, but like being open to criticism and feedback, like being a high achiever, I want to have acknowledgement. I want achievement. I want those things. Right. So having myself be put out there for potential negative feedback or like any sort of criticism, I was like, oh, so I just wouldn't do it. Oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it it later. I'll do it tomorrow. Like I even noticed this with form videos. I was sending my coach a form video and again, felt super out of my own body postpartum and during pregnancy. So Mm -hmm. I was like sending a form video. I'm like, let me record my next set and send that one instead because that one will be better. Like, no, send the shitty video so you can get quality feedback. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I've never thought about that, but I guess that kind of circles back to like a fear of failure almost. Um, and having that, um, the fear of failure, you know, playing into the self-doubt or to the procrastination or to the, like, not to the destructive behaviors that we might have. Um, I think that that's where the criticism aspect probably comes into play is through that fear of fear of failure. Um, I feel that a lot too, the fear of failure. 
a lot with my business, like not feeling like I can help women or that I am helping women or that it's not going to be as successful as I want it to be. And then I'll start self-sabotaging with the with the procrastination or mm. I'll like start getting, I'll go on Canva and like start doing something. And I'm like, this looks like shit. And I'll close my <laughs> laptop. I'm like, I'm like, I'm just feeding into it. So I've definitely felt that come into play. I think another area where I've noticed self-sabotage is when I'm having um, like a negative body image day. Um, you can probably relate to this with the postpartum and how you felt in your body. But on days where I am feeling not the best in my body, I tend to revert back to those um, destructive habits or to the bad habits that kind of got me to where I was in the past. Um, so that's a big one for me and where I have to really implement those small changes and small habits. Yeah. And I, I mean, I feel like it's, we've said this a couple times in a couple different ways at this point, but like confidence, like your confidence ties so much into how often or how deep you're going to self-sabotage. Like, I, I think you mentioned it earlier with like going out to eat, like your clients, I think you said going out to eat, um, and like self-sabotaging that way, instead of like trying something new, they just stick with what they know. And they know that because it's comfortable and they're confident that they like that meal. And we don't necessarily think like, we always think confidence is just like how we view ourselves, but it's also like confidence in our actions and our habits and our routines and that kind of stuff too. So I think it's important to kind of consider of like, what is my confidence beyond just my physical appearance? Like, am I confident in who I am as a person deeper than the skin you know like what are my actions look like do I am I always in alignment with things that I say I'm going to do do I stick to my word because that's going to build a lot of confidence like I tell that to people whenever they're like really struggling with I can't stick to it I can't stick to it I can't do this well of course you can because your wording fucking sucks <laughs> like change the right. phrase here and you'll be able to yeah. do anything because it's like you only have proof that you can't and you keep reiterating to yourself that you can't so break that cycle. Mm -hmm. I can try something different. I can do this. I can self stop myself in the middle of a sabotage moment and say like, this is not what I want to do. Boom. Let me move forward. So it all really comes back right. to that. Like how confident you are and not only your physical, but like internal as well, you know? Yeah, for sure. And you touched on like the words that they use, the negative self-talk is such a big driving factor in the self-sabotage and in the confidence. Like if you're saying that you can't do something, your words are your beliefs and yes. your beliefs are your actions. So if you're saying that you can't do something, then you're never going to. But if you, like you said, kind of flip that switch, change how you're thinking and start using words like that you can do something or you're at least going to try something, then it starts to get you into that like ripple effect of actually making changes to get to where you want to be or to be who you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, it's so well said too. And it's funny because like I talked earlier about my husband being like a really good support system for me. And he used to, I can't remember the phrase exactly. Like I'm definitely going to butcher it, but he always used to like, if I ever said like, I can't do something, he's like, can't never could do anything without Ken or something like that. Like there was something along the words of like, you can't do shit. If you constantly are saying that you can't do shit, like you can yeah. do anything. Like what was it? Yeah. You can't say can't without Ken or something like that. Something, something like that. Lines. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah. Totally butchering it, but you get what I'm saying. Um, yeah. But he used to always say that. And that was the thing. I was like, damn, you're so right. Like I'm sabotaging myself and I'm annoyed that you're right, but you're right. I'm going to give, I'm going to give you the credit here. Yeah. Um, I have a, I have a client who 
uh, consistently, I'll tell her to do like a chest press. I'm like, she's like, I can't. Or I tell her to use a heavier weight. I'm like, I can't. And I'm like, I have seen you do this like a (laughs) hundred times. Why do you think that you can't do this? And she always says, because it's hard. And I'm like, just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not doable. Like I've watched you do it so many times. And that's just the doubt coming into play. But I'm like, you can do this. I just need you to prove it to yourself that you can. Yeah. And sometimes for situations like that, I know for myself and a couple of my clients who have dealt with that as well, like setting mini goals, like we'll use the workout, for example. Mm -hmm. You go into it and like my mini goal for my workout, like if I know I'm doing a chest press and I know that my coach told me to up the weight and I haven't been wanting to up the weight, like, okay, cool. I'm going to up it two and a half pounds or I'm going to up it five pounds. Like I'm not taking this like 20 pound jump because I don't want to drop a dumbbell on my face, but like, I want to do something here where I'm going to get just a little bit better, just that 1% better. And that right there is like, okay, that's literal proof that I can. So now next time I like get into that self-sabotage pattern, I can be like, wait, I have proof that I can do it though. So let me continue to work in that direction. That plays back into the confidence thing too, because you just proved it to yourself that you could do it. So now you're feeling a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more confident to keep making that 1% improvement each time you do something. Yeah. It's so fascinating Mm -hmm. too, because self-sabotage really is just like massive circle of like spider web of like everything intertwines somewhere Mm -hmm. and there's connection pieces all throughout you just have to like dig a little bit deeper and that's something with self-sabotage specifically that a lot of people don't want to do because you don't want to think about your faults you don't want to think about the things that aren't helping you you'd rather say like I want to do that or I I wish I could do that or I can't do that like why can't you though go deeper like what is what is that like block that that resistance that you're feeling to get you through that yeah the limiting belief that is keeping you in your old ways or in your uh in your habits that aren't benefiting you you know exactly exactly well this Mm -hmm. was so good this is this is juicy do you have anything else to add on we started going on we went on this little tangent for a while we're just back and forth back and forth I loved that no that was great um I think the biggest thing when you are dealing with self-sabotage is just setting those small, realistic goals and then breaking them down into the smaller little habits and celebrating the wins along the way, honestly, is what's going to help you create those sustainable changes and keep you from falling back into those self-sabotaging behaviors. So really, that's like my main takeaway from it is setting the goals, breaking it down, celebrating the wins along the way. Fuck yeah, because simplicity is sustainable. It's the best approach yeah. you can take. <laughs> Keep it stupid simple, always. <laughs> um. All right, well, drop some socials for us. What do you have going on in your world? You can drop yeah. IG, you can drop coaching, whatever you got. Yeah, I am on Instagram and TikTok, Nick period B fitness, Nick B fitness. Um, I post all things, exercise tips, nutrition tips, mindset, habits, all of that. I am currently rebranding and merging with my brother's company. We're going to be called Good Life Training. Ooh, got the merch, got the merch on. Um, yeah, and really just out here trying to help as many people as I can um, become their best selves, find some confidence, work towards their goals. And yeah, that's me. I love it. Good vibes. Good vibes always. Um, Good vibes I'll put all always. 
I'll put all of your info links, everything down in the show notes below. So everybody can head to the show notes and check you out. Um, but thank you again for joining us. I really, really appreciate it. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode.